Act Three of All's Well That Ends Well. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. Scene One, Florence, the Duke's Palace. Flourish. Enter the Duke of Florence attended the two Frenchmen, with a troop of soldiers. So that from point to point now have you heard the fundamental reasons of this war, whose great decision hath much blood let forth, and more thirsts after. Holy seems the quarrel upon your grace's part, black and fearful, on the opposer. Therefore we marvel much our cousin France, would in so just a business shut his bosom against our borrowing prayers. Good my lord, the reasons of our state I cannot yield, but like a common and an outward man, that the great figure of a council frames by self-unable motion. Therefore dare not say what I think of it, since I have found myself in my uncertain grounds to fail as often as I guessed. Be it his pleasure. But I am sure the younger of our nature, that surfeit on their ease, will day by day come here for physic. Welcome shall they be and all the honours that fly from us shall on them settle. You know your places well, when better fall, for your avails they fell. Tomorrow to the field. Flourish. Exeunt. Scene 2. Rossillon, the Count's Palace. Enter Countess and Clown. It has happened all as I would have had it, save that he comes not along with her. By my troth, I take my young lord to be a very melancholy man. By what observance, I pray you? Why, he will look upon his boot and sing, mend the roof and sing, ask questions and sing, pick his teeth and sing. I know a man that had this trick of melancholy sold a goodly manner for a song. Let me see what he writes and when he means to come opening a letter i have no mind to isbel since i was at court our old ling and our isbels of the country are nothing like your old ling and your isbels of the court the brains of my cupids knocked out and i begin to love as an old man loves money with no stomach what have we here in that you have there exit Countess reads, I have sent you a daughter-in-law. She hath recovered the king and undone me. I have wedded her, not bedded her, and sworn to make the not eternal. You shall hear I am run away. Know it before the report come. If there be breadth enough in the world, I will hold a long distance. My duty to you, your unfortunate son, Bertram. This is not well-rationed, unbridled boy, To fly the favours of so good a king, To pluck his indignation on thy head By the misprising of a maid Too virtuous for the contempt of empire. Re-enter Clown. Oh, madam, Yonder is heavy news within, between two soldiers and my young lady. What is the matter? Nay, there is some comfort in the news, some comfort. 
Your son will not be killed so soon as I thought he would. Why should he be killed? So say I, madam, if he run away, as I hear he does, the danger is in standing to it. That's the loss of men, though it be the getting of children. Here they come, will tell you more. For my part, I only hear your son was run away. Exit. Enter Helena and two gentlemen. Save you, good madam. Madam, my lord is gone, for ever gone. Do not say so. Think upon patience. Pray you, gentlemen, I have felt so many quirks of joy and grief that the first face of neither on the start can woman me unto it. Where is my son, I pray you? Madam, he's gone to serve the Duke of Florence. We met him thitherward, for thence we came and after some dispatch in hand at court thither we bend again look on his letter madam here's my passport reads when thou canst get the ring upon my finger which never shall come off and show me a child begotten of thy body that i am father to then call me husband but in such a then i write a never this is a dreadful sentence brought you this letter gentlemen ay madam and for the content's sake are sorry for our pain. I prithee, lady, have a better cheer. If thou engrossest all the griefs of thine, thou robbedst me of a moiety. He was my son, but I do wash his name out of my blood, and thou art all my child. Towards Florence, is he? Ay, madam. And to be a soldier? Such is his noble purpose, and believed the duke will lay upon him all the honour that good convenience claims return you thither ay madam with the swiftest wing of speed reads till i have no wife i have nothing in france tis bitter find you that there ay madam tis but the boldness of his hand haply which his heart was not consenting to nothing in france until he have no wife there's nothing here that is too good for him but only she and she deserves a lord that twenty such rude boys might tend upon and call her hourly mistress who was with him a servant only and a gentleman which i have some time known parolles was it not ay my good lady he a very tainted fellow and full of wickedness my son corrupts a well-derived nature with his inducement. Indeed, good lady, the fellow has a deal of that too much, which holds him much to have. You're welcome, gentlemen. I will entreat you when you see my son to tell him that his sword can never win the honour that he loses. More I'll entreat you written to bear along. We serve you, madam in that and all your worthiest affairs not so but as we change our courtesies will you draw near exeunt countess and gentleman till i have no wife i have nothing in france nothing in france until he have no wife thou shalt have none rosilian none in france then hast thou all again poor lord is't i that chase thee from thy country and expose those tender limbs of thine to the event of the nun-sparing war and is it i that drive thee from the sportive court 
where thou wast shot at with fair eyes to be the mark of smoky muskets. O oh, you leaden messengers that ride upon the violent speed of fire, fly with false aim! Move the still-peering air that sings with piercing, do not touch my lord! Whoever shoots at him, I set him there. Whoever charges on his forward breast, I am the caitiff that do hold him to it. And though I kill him not, I am the cause his death was so affected. Better twere I met the raven lion when he roared with sharp constraint of hunger. Better twere that all the miseries which nature owes were mine at once. No, come thou home, Rosilian, whence honour but of danger wins a scar, as oft it loses all. I will be gone. My being here it is that holds thee hence. Shall I stay here to do it? No. No, although the air of paradise did fan the house and angels office all, I will be gone. That pitiful rumour may report my flight to consolate thine ear. Come, night, end day, for with the dark, poor thief I'll steal away. Exit. Scene three. Florence, before the Duke's palace. Flourish. Enter the Duke of Florence, Bertram, Parolles, soldiers, drum, and trumpets. The general of our horse thou art, and we, great in our hope, lay our best love and credence upon thy promising fortune. Sir, it is a charge too heavy for my strength, but yet we'll strive to bear it for your worthy sake to the extreme edge of hazard. Then go thou forth, and fortune play upon thy prosperous helm as thy auspicious mistress. This very day, great Mars, I put myself into thy file. Make me but like my thoughts, and I shall prove a lover of thy drum, hater of love. Exeunt. Scene 4. Rossillon, the Count's Palace. Enter Countess and Steward. Alas! And would you take the letter of her? Might you not know she would do as she has done by sending me a letter? Read it again. Reads. I am St. Jock's pilgrim, thither gone. Ambitious love hath so in me offended, that barefoot plod I the cold ground upon, with sainted vow my faults to have amended. Write, write, that from the bloody course of war my dearest master, your dear son, may hie. Bless him at home in peace, whilst I from far his name with zealous fervour sanctify. His taken labours bid him me forgive. I, his despiteful Juno, sent him forth from courtly friends with camping foes to live, where death and danger dogs the heels of worth. He is too good and fair for death and me, whom I myself embrace to set him free. What sharps! Things are in her mildest words. Rinaldo, you did never lack advice so much as letting her pass so. Had I spoke with her, I could have well diverted her intents, which thus she hath prevented. Pardon me, madam, if I had given you this at overnight, she might have been Oatean, and yet she writes, pursuit would be but vain. What angel shall bless this unworthy husband? He cannot thrive unless her prayers, whom heaven delights to hear and loves to grant, 
reprieve him from the wrath of greatest justice write write rinaldo to this unworthy husband of his wife let every word weigh heavy of her worth that he does weigh too light my greatest grief though little he do feel it set down sharply dispatch the most convenient messenger when haply he shall hear that she is gone he will return and hope i may that she hearing so much will speed her foot again led hither by pure love which of them both is dearest to me i have no skill in sense to make distinction provide this messenger my heart is heavy and mine age is weak grief would have tears and sorrow bids me speak Exeunt. Scene five Florence without the walls Attack at afar off Enter an old widow of Florence Diana, Violenta, and Mariana with other citizens. Nay, come, for if they do approach the city we shall lose all the sight. They say the French count has done most honourable service. It is reported that he has taken their greatest commander, and that with his own hand he slew the duke's brother. Tucket. We have lost our labour. They are gone a contrary way. Hark, you may know by their trumpets. Come, let's return again, and suffice ourselves with the report of it. Well, Diana, take heed of this French earl. The honour of a maid is her name, and no legacy is so rich as honesty. I have told my neighbour how you have been solicited by a gentleman, his companion. I know that knave. Hang him. One parole does. A filthy officer he is in those suggestions for the young earl. Beware of them, Diana. Their promises, enticements, oaths, tokens, and all these engines of lust are not the thing they go under. Many a maid hath been seduced by them, and the misery is example, that so terrible shows in the wreck of maidenhood cannot for all that dissuade succession, but that they are lined with the twigs that threaten them. I hope I need not to advise you further, but I hope your own grace will keep you where you are, though there were no further danger known but the modesty which is lost. You shall not need to fear me. I hope so. Enter Helena, disguised like a pilgrim. Look, here comes a pilgrim. I know she will lie at my house. Thither they send one another. I'll question her. God save you, pilgrim. Whither are you bound? To Saint-Jacques-le-Grand. Where do the palmers lodge, I do beseech you? At the St. Francis here, beside the port. Is this the way? I marry, ist. A march afar. Hark you, they come this way. If you will tarry, holy pilgrim, but till the troops come by, I will conduct you where you shall be lodged. The rather, for I think I know your hostess as ample as myself. Is it yourself? If you shall please so, pilgrim. I thank you and will stay upon your leisure. You came, I think, from France? I did so. Here you shall see a countryman of yours that has done worthy service. His name, I pray you. The Count Rassilian, know you such a one? But by the ear that hears most nobly of him, his face I know not. Whatsoe'er he is, he's bravely taken here. He stole from France, as tis reported, for the king had married him against his liking. Think you it is so? Ay, surely, mere the truth, I know his lady. 
There is a gentleman that serves the Count reports but coarsely of her. What's his name? Monsieur Parolles. Oh, I believe with him an argument of praise, or to the worth of the great Count himself, she is too mean to have her name repeated. All her deserving is a reserved honesty, and that I have not heard examined. Alas, poor lady! Tis a hard bondage to become the wife of a detesting lord. I warrant, good creature, wheresoe'er she is, her heart weighs sadly. This young maid might do her a shrewd turn, if she pleased. How do you mean? Maybe the amorous Count solicits her in the unlawful purpose? He does indeed, and brokes with all that can in such a suit corrupt the tender honour of a maid. But she is armed for him, and keeps her guard in honestest defence. The gods forbid else. So now they come. Drum and colours. Enter Bertram, Parolles, and the whole army. That is Antonio, the duke's eldest son. That, Aeschylus. Which is the Frenchman? He. That with the plume. Tis a most gallant fellow. I would he loved his wife. If he were honester, he were much goodlier. Is not a handsome gentleman. I like him well. Tis pity he is not honest. Yon's that same knave that leads him to these places. Were I his lady, I would poison that vile rascal. Which is he? That jackanapes with scarfs. Why is he melancholy? Perchance he's hurt to the battle. Lose our drum? Well! He's shrewdly vexed at something. Look, he has spied us. Marry, hang you! And your courtesy for a ring-carrier. Exeunt Bertram, Parolles, and Army. The troop is past. Come, pilgrim. I will bring you where you shall host. Of enjoined penitence there's four or five to great St. Jack was bound, already at my house. I humbly thank you. Please it this matron and this gentle maid to eat with us to-night. The charge and thanking shall be for me, and to requite you further I will bestow some precepts of this virgin worthy the note. We'll, we'll take, take your, your offer, offer kindly. kindly. Exeunt. Scene six. Camp before Florence. Enter Bertram and the two French lords. Nay, good my lord, put him to it. Let him have his way. If your lordship find him not a hilding, hold me no more in your respect. On my life, my lord, a bubble. Do you think I am so far deceived in him? Believe it, my lord, in mine own direct knowledge, without any malice but to speak of him as my kinsman. He's a most notable coward, an infinite and endless liar, an hourly promise-breaker, the owner of no one good quality worthy your lordship's entertainment. It were fit you knew him, lest, reposing too far in his virtue, which he hath not, he might at some great and trusty business in a main danger fail you. I would I knew in what particular action to try him. None better than to let him fetch off his drum, which you hear him so confidently undertake to do. I, with a troop of Florentines, will suddenly surprise him. Such I will have, whom I am sure he knows not from the enemy. We will bind and hoodwink him so that he shall suppose no other, but that he is carried into the leaguer of the adversaries when we bring him to our own tents. Be but your lordship present at his examination. If he do not, for the promise of his life and in the highest compulsion of base fear, offer to betray you and deliver all the intelligence in his power against you, and that with the divine forfeit of his soul upon oath, never trust my judgment in anything. 
Oh, for the love of laughter, let him fetch his drum. He says he has a stratagem for it. When your lordship sees the bottom of his success in it, and to what metal this counterfeit lump of ore will be melted, if you give him not John Drum's entertainment, your inclining cannot be removed. Here he comes. Enter Parolles. Aside to Bertram. Oh, for the love of laughter, hinder not the honour of his design. Let him fetch off his drum in any hand. How now, monsieur? This drum sticks sorely in your disposition. A pox on it. Let it go. Tis but a drum. But a drum? Is't but a drum? A drum so lost? Ha! There was an excellent command to charge in with our horse upon our own wings and to rend our own soldiers that was not to be blamed in the command of the service it was a disaster of war that caesar himself could not have prevented if he had been there to command well we cannot greatly condemn our success some dishonour we had in the loss of that drum but it is not to be recovered it might have been recovered it might, but it's not now. It is to be recovered, but that the merit of service is seldom attributed to the true and exact performer. I would have that drum, or another, or hick jacket. Why, if you have a stomach to it, monsieur, if you think your mystery in stratagem can bring this instrument of honour again into his native quarter, be magnanimous in the enterprise and go on. I will grace the attempt for a worthy exploit, if you speed well in it. The duke shall both speak of it, and extend to you what further becomes his greatness, even to the utmost syllable of your worthiness. By the hand of a soldier, I will undertake it. But you must not now slumber in it. I'll about it this evening, and I will presently pen down my dilemmas, encourage myself in my certainty, put myself into my moral preparation, and by midnight look to hear further from me. May I be bold to acquaint his grace you are gone about it? I know not what the success will be, my lord, but the attempt I vow. I know thou art valiant, and to the possibility of thy soldiership will subscribe for thee. Farewell. I love not many words. Exit. No more than a fish loves water. Is not this a strange fellow, my lord, that so confidently seems to undertake this business, which he knows is not to be done, damns himself to do, and dares better to be damned than to do it? You do not know him, my lord, as we do. Certain it is that he will steal himself into a man's favour, and for a week escape a great deal of discoveries. But when you find him out, you have him ever after. Why? Do you think he will make no deed at all of this that so seriously he does address himself unto? None in the world, but return with an invention and clap upon you two or three probable lies. But we have almost embossed him. You shall see his fall to-night, for indeed he is not for your lordship's respect. We'll make you some sport with the fox ere we case him. He was first smoked by the old lord Lafaux. When his disguise and he is parted, tell me what a sprat you shall find him, which you shall see this very night. I must go look my twigs. He shall be caught. Your brother he shall go along with me. As to please your lordship, I'll leave you. Exit. Now will I lead you to the house, and show you the lass I spoke of. But you say she's honest. That's all the fault. 
I spoke with Herbert once and found her wondrous cold, but I sent to her, by this same coxcomb that we have in the wind, tokens and letters, which she did resend. And this is all I've done. She's a fair creature. Will you go see her? With all my heart, my lord. Exeunt. Scene 7. Florence, the widow's house. Enter Helena and widow. If you misdoubt me that I am not she, I know not how I shall assure you further, but I shall lose the grounds I work upon. Though my estate be fallen, I was well born. Nothing acquainted with these businesses. Would not put reputation now in any staining act. Nor would I wish you. First, give me trust. The Count, he is my husband, and what to your sworn counsel I have spoken is so from word to word. And then you cannot, by the good aid that I of you shall borrow, err in bestowing it. I should believe you, for you have showed me that which well approves, your great in fortune. Take this purse of gold, and let me buy your friendly help thus far, which I will overpay and pay again when I have found it. The Count, he woos your daughter, lays down his wanton siege before her beauty, resolved to carry her. Let her, in fine, consent, as will direct her how tis best to bear it. Now his important blood will not deny that she'll demand. A ring the county wears, that downward hath succeeded in his house from son to son, some four or five descents from the first father wore it. This ring he holds in most rich choice. Yet in his idle fire to buy his will it would not seem too dear, howe'er repented after. Now I see the bottom of your purpose. You see it lawful, then. It is no more but that your daughter, ere she seems as one, desires this ring, appoints him an encounter, in fine, delivers me to fill the time, herself most chastely absent. After this, to marry her, I'll add three thousand crowns to what is past already. I have yielded. Instruct my daughter, how she shall persevere, that time and place with this deceit so lawful may prove coherent. Every night he comes, with musics of all sorts and songs composed to her unworthiness. It nothing steads us to chide him from our eaves, for he persists as if his life lay on't. Why then to-night let us assay our plot, which if its speed is wicked meaning in a lawful deed, and lawful meaning in a lawful act, were both not sin and yet a sinful fact. But let's about it. Exempt. End of Act 3